0: And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. How much time do you waste in a year? You don't need to answer, I'm going to tell you. According to a poll in the United Kingdom, 2,000 people, the average person, the average adult, wastes a staggering 26 days per year to what they consider wasted time. Isn't that really staggering? 26 days? Eh, all right, if you say so. So, apparently, uh, an average person spends nearly two hours daily doing a whole lot of nothing. Over the course of a week, that amounts to 12 hours of wasted time and more than 624 hours annually. Uh, The respondents say waiting on a hold on the phone is their biggest time waster. Really? That is not the biggest... Time waster I can think of. Another 45% point to waiting in lines as a big drain of their time. Mm, There's tons of uh, sitting in traffic. That's a huge time waster. Uh, Others can't stop browsing social media. No, but when you're stuck in traffic, you should be able to, you know, that's when you make your phone calls and search social media. And, of course, in the United Kingdom, waiting for the... uh, Kettle of tea or kettle of water to boil for your tea is uh, where you lose track of time. Yeah, well, a watch pot never boils. You could multitask and waiting for your tea kettle to boil and scroll social media, or you could listen to this show, Chewing the Fat, which is definitely not a waste of time. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Yesterday we talked about, uh, well, we talked about a couple of stories involving monkeys. And I want to do a quick update on the monkeys that uh, were loose in Pennsylvania on their way to an undisclosed CDC location. Uh, The woman who stopped and helped the monkeys in the truck crash, now feeling unwell. (laughs) Oh, man. She said that she stopped. She was directly behind the truck. And, uh, she, you know, stopped to help and she actually had one monkey hiss at her. She said that there was a uh, feces all, you know, everywhere and that, uh, she now is feeling unwell. She developed a cough and pink eye. She's begun a course of antiviral drugs and a treatment to prevent rabies. Now, according to authorities, remember all four of the escaped monkeys have been accounted for. Oh, all right. No problem then. Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. But she said that uh, she's concerned, but they're saying, "Eh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. No problem. Uh Uh-huh. I was close to the monkeys. I touched the crates. I walked through their feces. So I was very close. So I called a helpline. I don't know what do you call the <laughs> monkey crash hotline, the one eight 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 monkey butt. I don't know. I don't know what the helpline that you would call, but she called to inquire, you know, uh, was I safe? Is there a helpline out there that knows about these monkeys traveling to the undisclosed CDC location that I can call and find out if I'm fine? I mean, hopefully like the people at the accident, you know, the CDC people were like, hey, any problems? Call this number, which is, you know, their helpline. I hope that was the number that she called. <laughs> she said, I thought they were cats. And uh, I, I approached it, put her hand on the cage and the monkey hissed at her. Well, that would not be, that would be not fun. That's why you got to put them down. And they were put down humanely, of course. Of course they were, but her post on social media, uh, Michelle Fallon, what a day I tried to help out at an accident a scene was told there were cats in the crates. So I, o- I over to pet them. Okay. This is Michelle. Seriously. I know you got pink eye, but you know, have somebody else type it for you. I'll just read it the way she typed it what a day i tried to help out at a accident scene was told there were cats in the crates so i over to pet them to find out it's monkeys then i noticed that there's three in each and i was completely broken the other was half broken so i knew four got away i come home go to bed my aunt runs into new crew was asked to do interview then find out not to get close to the monkey. We, well, tried to pet one. I touched the crates and walk in poop, then was told to met police at the scene to talk about exposure. News crews was the, I thought they were CDC, so I, to them, end up doing interviews, talk to police and a lady with CDC. I will be getting a letter. I'm very low risk, for I don't know what yet, but symptoms are COVID symptoms, like seriously, a day from hell. I mean, she's struggling. Anyone that uh, types a, a social media post like that is definitely in a lot of pain, because that is just Michelle. You need to need a little help. Don't let. Her, maybe that's coming from Monkey Hiss. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I want her to be good. I guess, you know, monkey B virus is extremely rare. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, no problem. And uh, there's no known vaccines against the B virus infection. uh, People are not urged to touch or feed the monkeys. And we don't know what they were, you know, injected with in route to the uh, CDC, undisclosed location of the CDC mean this lady could uh we need to lock her down man (laughs) if anyone needs to be in lockdown she does and she needs it needs to be right now and we need uh we need to definitely have contact tracing i don't i mean anything any anybody that she came in any kind of contact with needs to be uh taken care of right now i hope that's happening tell you that. Did you see where, uh, did you see where Arnie was in a car accident? And I I saw the headline. I'm like, accident. Okay. Uh, you know, huge fan. Arnie was in an accident. Holy cow. Uh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty damaging accident, man. Uh, pretty amazing. Now the lady that was in the one car apparently now is hurt. Uh, huh. ouch. Oh, oh, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. My neck, my neck. (laughs) So this lady drives patients to doctor's appointments and stuff. and good for her. And uh, she said uh, the next thing she knew, she was in the middle of this accident involving, uh, you know, the former governor and movie star. She said she was waiting at a red light to turn on Sunset Boulevard when Arnold's SUV collided with a red Prius. And before she knew it, one of Arnold's back tires was smacking her in smacking into her car causing this harsh jolt i mean it's up on its side it smashes her car and into the prius it's a pretty bad accident Uh, i was lucky to uh uh lucky nobody was really really injured although she claims now the impact was so strong i i thought i broke my spine yeah i mean i'm thinking that now me too as a matter of fact looking at the crash scene i think i'm hurt too i may have to sue (laughs) (laughs) she's concerned now though. And she should be that her car's badly damaged. It's going to make it difficult, if not impossible to drive patients around town. Duh. You think I'm pretty sure Arnold will take care of it for you. I could be wrong. I mean, he's, he just sold one of his dump resident trailers that he's living in. (laughs) Didn't he just sold one for like 30 or 40 million, that was one of our houses of the hoity-toity. So he's got a little extra cash. And he and uh, Skeletor are now officially divorced. So if you're in an accident, man, oh man, what the heck is going on? Is that Arnold Schwarzenegger? Ow! Ow! Oh! Oh, my back, I think I, i feels like I broke my spine, my neck. Look at my car. I can't go on. So take care of it, Artie. And he wasn't ticketed. So, I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know how, you know, looked like it was his fault according to people at the scene. But he was not given a ticket. So, I mean, maybe if you're on Schwarzenegger, you don't need to get a ticket because if they need to find you, they know where to find you. But, I mean, I don't know whose fault it was, but I can guarantee you that somebody is hurt. (laughs) Anybody in either one of those cars that got hit, Ow! 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 And Arnie's going to have to take care of it. Although I will say the lady said that she stuck around. She was advised to go to the hospital and she stuck around with the patient that she was taking to the doctor's appointment. And now she feels bad. So that kind of bodes against that deal. And one of the pictures shows Schwarzenegger looking at a report and there's a guy in a picture that looks like a security guy. I don't know if he was involved in the accident Or if he was Arnie's security guy, if he was, uh, and he also, we don't know if Arnie was actually driving. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens, but it's not surprising that the lady is feeling, you know, a lot of pain right now because man, I mean, any kind of accident up against the Arnold Schwarzenegger SUV. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of pain. And Arnie, you and I are going to have to sit down and have a little talk about doctor's appointments and rehabilitation and a new car. And then we'll be, you know, we'll be good. But right now, though, we're not good. We're not good at all. (laughs) All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. And any time you get in a car accident and it's, I mean, it's legitimately, uh, 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 damage is done, go to the hospital. Do not pass go, do not collect $100. Well, you're going to collect 100 but later. Uh, do not say you're fine. Uh, seriously, you, because you never know. If in real, For real, you may actually be hurt. We were in a car accident uh, once, and my wife, uh, my first wife, Yeah. Uh, We were rear-ended. We were at a red light. I remember looking in the rearview mirror going, that guy is not going to stop. And my oldest son was really little at the time. And he was in his car seat at the middle of the back seat. And I watched that car seat fly forward and fly back. I mean, it did what it was supposed to do. It was awesome. And, uh, we didn't go to the hospital and my wife paid the price for a lot of years, uh, from, you know, whiplash and for that. And we should have gone to the hospital. We know better. We know better. We just, I don't know why we didn't go at the time. It was just silly. But, uh, make sure that you get treated and go to the hospital because you never really know. Uh, there may actually be some, you know, lingering effects from a car wreck like that and especially if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger there's definitely going to be lingering effects i promise you that all right <laughs> okay quick <laughs> a quick question did Roseanne Barr die and i wasn't aware of it i don't think so i got to find out if she's still yeah she's still alive okay she's she'll be 69 or she is 69. Ooh, she'll be 70 this year. Ooh, okay. Uh, but I I see a story where her daughter is saying, my mom forced me to survive in the woods for being fat. Oh, oh okay. And apparently, of course, this was on some show that uh, the daughter is, uh, you know, legend was being beaten by a staffer sent to some fat camp and, uh, and flew her to Utah. She said, uh, a group of large men with no warning placed me in handcuffs, drove me to an airport and flew me to Utah when she was 15 years old. And it was some kind of, you know, some kind of camp that was for fat kids. <laughs> I never was, this is going to come as a surprise. I was never sent to a fat kid camp. I could have been very possible. I mean, any camp I went to, I guess was technically a uh, fat guy camp, but I didn't (laughs) ever was sent to a fat guy camp. But my question is, okay, so the daughter is, this is in her new memoir, This Will Be Funny Later. It's called This Will Be Funny Later, a memoir. That's her book on you know, growing up, I guess she Roseanne probably cut her off and given her any money. I don't even know if Roseanne has any money left after all the hubbub she's been through. I mean, she made a lot of cash, so she's got to have something left. Right. But, uh, so I just wondered if she had died because I thought we couldn't say anything bad about people like that until after they're, they're dead. I mean, I see where we, a Janet Jackson story is coming out and she's bad mouthing Michael in this story, really saying that, uh, Michael used to call her a pig, a cow, and a horse. <laughs> uh, and she even said in this interview, apparently there's a new documentary coming out this week on A&E and Lifetime, uh, that's going to reveal the darker side of her relationship with her icon brother. Oh, all right. So, I guess she opens up in this documentary, and there were times when Mike used to tease me and call me names pig, horse, slut, or hog, cow. He would laugh about it, and I'd laugh too, but then there was somewhere down inside that it would hurt when you have somebody say you're too heavy, it affects you. <laughs> you're telling me, Janet, you're telling me, but Michael's dead so we can drag him through the mud. And we've talked about on this show, how Hugh Hefner just keeps getting crushed. They just, I don't know why we just hate Hugh Hefner these days. The guy, I mean, he was an open freaking book. You knew about it. And now the Playboy Bunnies, Blast, Predator, Hugh Hefner, Bestiality, Cult, Sex, and Worse. And you read the story and you're like, well, okay, well, if that happened, if, and I repeat, if that happened, um, okay, so it's not really a surprise. So we're looking for, this is just promoting the Secrets of Playboy, another A, a forthcoming A&E documentary. According to this, it's a damning 10-part series that's going to unmask the once heralded late mogul. Well, you know what? Uh, It was Hugh Hefner. And he did not really hide much of anything. So one of his ex-girlfriends, this Sandra Theodore, who is 65 now, uh, I watched him. I watched his game. And I watched a lot of girls go through the Playboy Mansion gates looking farm-fresh and leaving looking tired and haggard. The former Sunday school teacher turned 1977 Playboy magazine centerfold began dating half after meeting him at one of his many mansion parties. Uh, the women of the docuseries described the weekly gatherings as a debauched scene where high rollers like Bill Cosby, Tony Curtis, Wilt Chamberlain, and Arnold Schwarzenegger were VIP regulars. Duh! We already knew that! Hello! <laughs> he groomed me and twisted my mind into thinking this way was normal. At one point, you could have said, Uh how about no, but you didn't, did you? He introduced me to drugs. I never had a drink or a drug before going up to the Playboy Mansion. My first night there, I was handed champagne, and the drugs came later. I was underage. All you had to do was say, I'm underage. No. I, I just, I, I I don't know why we're, you know, he's dead. That was my question about Roseanne Barr, so the daughter's bad-mouthing Roseanne, and uh, I just thought maybe she had passed away. Now, Hefner's son uh, is, you know, of course g- uh, bashing this uh, upcoming expose Secrets of Playboy. Uh, it's He's calling it a case study of regret becoming revenge, which is a really good way to put it. I won't have it. I won't have it. And I will say that uh, on behalf of Hugh's son Cooper Hefner. Uh, some may not approve of the life my dad chose, and that's what we're doing, right? We, we're not approving of his life, but he wasn't a liar. The thirty, uh, however unconventional he was, sincere in his approach and lived honestly, generous in nature, cared deeply for people. These salacious stories are a case study of regret becoming revenge. I love that. That's a good line. I mean he was the guy the American dream and uh now we're just bashing him so uh you know Roseanne I it doesn't bode well for Roseanne's life if we're gonna start bashing Roseanne for calling her kid uh fat and sending her to fat camp that's not boding well for her life because we're bashing half dead we're bashing Michael Jackson dead we're bashing Jeffrey Epstein dead ooh And we've thrown Arnold Schwarzenegger in there. I was coming close with that car accident. So, and I guess since we're talking about, uh, celebrities that are dead yesterday, I want to apologize. I didn't realize that it was the anniversary of the birth of John Belushi. He would have been 73 years old today had he remained alive. And I love the one quote. Uh, from Keith Richards of all people, still alive, by the way. Uh, John Belushi was an extreme experience, even by my standards. <laughs> so you know, John was a uh, was on fire. You we'll talk about a candle burning bright, fast and out quick, baby. That was John Belushi. Very sad, very sad that we lost uh, we lost John to that drug overdose, but. That was his life, man. It was just uh phew, sad. But anyway he would have been seventy three, and I wanted to you know wish him happy birthday and tell him to rest in peace, and I really did appreciate the quote from Keith Richards. He was an extreme experience, even by my standards. I don't necessarily believe that, but I think it sounds good. So I see where Google is coming under fire big time, man, Uh, being sued by four attorneys general, Indiana, Texas, Washington, and Washington, D.C. for allegedly misleading consumers about when the company was tracking their location from at least 2014 to 2019. The company deceived users about when it was tracking their location. The lawsuits allege that uh, users were able to turn off their location history, Eh, but Google continued tracking their movements through other means and employed several tactics to pressure consumers into granting the company more access. In reality, consumers who use Google products cannot prevent Google from collecting, storing, and profiting from their location. Eh, That's pretty much true. Uh, Google employs its users, is how they make a little bit of money, uh, location data to build out more robust profiles it could use to lure advertisers. Uh, those, you know, that information also allows advertisers to see how effective their campaigns are driving foot traffic. <laughs> so, I mean, it's been a three-year investigation following reporting by the Associated Press that showed Google stores users' location data despite privacy settings. The cases seek to stop Google from collecting location data from users who've attempted to opt out and impose a fine on the company. Now, Google's response, of course, uh, is that uh, these lawsuits are based on inaccurate claims and outdated assertions about our settings. Oh, okay. Well, I know I just read a big story about how you, and I say you as in Google, rigged the online advertising market nah, don't worry about it. And I feel like we talked about the Google tracking for quite some time. They, you could opt out of it, but if you were using another app that you got through the Google store and that app would track you, then that information obviously got sent back to Google. Now, Google, I think if I remember right, claimed that they didn't keep that, that was forwarded to that particular company, a separate company. We didn't keep that information, but that information is still out there. (laughs) It's just, Amazing and congratulations to Meta. Uh, now has a new supercomputer using 6080 NVIDIA GPU linked into one cluster. Yay! Now, the upgrade uh, coming soon, another upgrade is going to make it 20, is going to make it two and a half times bigger. That brings the processor total to 16,000. That's the uh, according to the story a behemoth. And it's the world's fastest, one of the world's fastest supercomputers. That's great. The processing power is in the same league as the paramotor supercomputer, which uses more than 6,000 of the same, uh, NVIDIA, is it NVIDIA? 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 NVIDIA GPUs, right? N-V-I-D-I-A GPUs. And currently ranks as the world's fifth fast supercomputer. Oh no. We can't have that. So we need a second phase and then we're going to boost the performance by a couple of times, two and a half times faster. So we're going to be at number five. Can't have that. I mean, this is uh, they're getting ready for the metaverse, man. This is what they're going to need to run the metaverse. And this is what it's for. I mean, be ready because the metaverse is coming. It's just the beginning. Then I was looking at the history of internet giants Uh, That, uh, you know, rule the web. And uh, I don't know that it's changed a lot, really, from 1998 to today. When you look at the top three in 1998, AOL, Yahoo, GeoCities. 2003, Yahoo, AOL, Time Warner, MSN. And Google is coming in at five right here. Amazon, uh, way down Amazon in 1998, Then we bumped up to number seventh by 2003, five years later. All right, we'll see where we're at in 2008, and Google was number five in 2003. And then we go to 2008, five years later, Google, number one. Uh, Yahoo still hanging in there, uh, number two. They've been uh, 212. Microsoft bumped into three. And then AOL still hanging in there at four. Amazon is dropped down in 2008 to number eight. Ooh, I wonder what happened. Huh, not sure. Then we go to 2013. Amazon bumped up to sixth. Okay, so they they kept going. Then you got Yahoo, still number one. Wow. Google, number two. Microsoft, Facebook, AOL, Amazon. And then 2018, Google, Facebook, Oath. Microsoft, Amazon, number five. And then today you've got Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, Facebook, Amazon are the top five of the internet giants. So it really hasn't changed that much. Although AOL is completely gone, right? They are off the list. They were number five in 2013 and they were gone by 2018. And obviously, you know, today, hello, have a nice day. Take care. A-O-what? <laughs> we do not know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, let's see what the bottom is. The top 20s. Let's see who was at the bottom. Infospace in 2000 or er, 1998, 2003, AT&T, 2008, Craigslist, LinkedIn. Ooh. LinkedIn jumps in in 2013. Then in 2018, did LinkedIn move up any LinkedIn? No, they're not in there. 2018. Today, did LinkedIn come into the top 20? No, ooh, that's not good for LinkedIn. What are you doing? Now, the one thing that you don't see on this list is chewing the fat. And that's because I'm just a single entity. So these are, you know, major internet companies but chewing the fat—if it was just single entities—obviously would be on this list, and you should be a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. If you're listening to this and you're not a subscriber, you uh, are a freeloader, and nobody likes a freeloader. Okay. But Jeff, the podcast is free. I can subscribe on any on any platform. I know that. But if you're not a subscriber, then you're a freeloader, and nobody likes a freeloader. Okay, we just don't. I know it's not me as that's just society. So subscribe, you can use the platform you're listening on or choose one that you prefer, but you need to become a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. And once you become a subscriber, there is, you know, one main rule that you have to follow. Okay. I know you're going to be listening to, uh, you know, a lot of other entertainment sources. I get that. It's okay. But If you're out and about in public and someone says, Hey, what are you listening to? Your answer is, say it with me, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I don't care what you're listening to. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to them. Really. They're just trying to, you know, pass the time of day and have conversation, which is why as a subscriber, you should promote the show. So no matter what you're listening to, if someone says, Hey, what are you listening to? Your answer is that's right. Chewing the Fat. And as long as you're along for the ride, you might as well follow me on Twitter at Jeffy uh, Facebook and Instagram Jeff Fisher Radio, uh, Getter at Jeffy JFR. You can email me anytime with information, stories, whatever you'd like at the Chewing the Fat at the dot com. Those of you listening in China, if there are any, I know that, uh, the cyberspace administration of China, and I love the cyberspace administration of China. Uh, they announced it was launching a month long clean the web campaign to create a civilized and healthy atmosphere online over the lunar new year holiday. That is such good news because man, do I want the cyberspace administration of China dealing with cleaning the web. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing. I mean, it's coming that story comes on the heels of how they changed the ending to Fight Club and uh people are all wound up about it. I mean they took out some of the stuff from Bohemian Rhapsody too, with Freddie Mercury's, you know, sexuality. We can't have any of that in there. And they've purged uh Society of elements uh, deemed unhealthy, including within movies, television, and computer games. I mean, they're only letting their kids, uh, you know, play video games so long every day or every couple of days. I forget the the new rules. We've talked about it before, but they completely changed the inder- the ending of Fight Club. <laughs> And, you know, it's China. So, okay, I guess, you know, people still are, you know, having the, uh, you know, the bootleg copies. So a lot of people in China know the actual ending, I guess. But uh, we don't know who changed it. If it was Hollywood so that it could, you know, be broadcast in China. If it was Tencent, uh, Tencent is where the video aired. And uh, so, you know, it's amazing So uh, the ending of Fight Club in China now says, uh, well, the narrator still proceeds with killing off dirt, but the exploding building scene is replaced with a black screen and the sign that says, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. (laughs) And then it adds uh, Tyler, a figment of the narrator's imagination, was sent to a lunatic asylum for psychological treatment and was later discharged. Oh, all right. Roll credits, fade to black. (laughs) Uh, So that's good. good for China. Good for China and good for the cyberspace administration of China for launching their clean web campaign. Man, it just doesn't get any better than that, does it? Well, good news and bad news. I'm not sure which is which, to be honest with you. The uh, U.S. Naval Forces Central Command said they seized a record amount of illegal cargo during maritime interdictions in 2021. The combined maritime forces seized more than $193 million in illegal drugs during counter-narcotic operations while at sea last year. That's total that total is more than the previous four years combined. According to the Navy, we've enhanced our presence and vigilance across regional waters, was Vice Admiral Brad Cooper. This reflects our continued commitment to confront destabilizing activities that disrupt the rules based international order which underlies maritime security in the Middle East. Oh, all right. The US Fifth Fleet, which is also part of the effort, seized 8,700 illegal weapons, including 1,400 AK-47s, from a stateless fishing vessel in the North Arabian Sea. The vessel was assessed to have originated in Iran and transited uh, international water along a route historically used to traffic weapons. Maybe you take a different route. Maybe you take a different route. Uh, Apparently, that's the route that the Houthis in Yemen uh, use. Oh, which will be a violation of UN Security Council resolution and U.S. sanctions. Yeah, I mean they know that. That's why they're taking that particular route, right? I see where we had uh, missiles launched from the Houthis uh, <laughs> into into uh, not Saudi Arabia, but Abu Dhabi. Yeah, Abu Dhabi. Uh, the U.S. and UAE forces uh, have intercepted ballistic missiles over. Abu Dhabi. And that was uh, sent from uh, the Hooties. That's what the story said. It said that it comes... And then the Hooties also launched another missile attack about a week ago. So we've got our eye on the Hooties. Okay? Don't be messing around. We've got our eye on you, Hooties. In a separate incident, the U.S. Navy, the USS Monterey, seized dozens of Russian-made anti-tank guided missiles, Thousands of Chinese type fifty six assault rifles and hundreds of PKM machine guns, sniper rifles, and rocket propelled grenade launches from a stateless vessel in the North Arabian Sea last May. They were taking that same damn route. Maybe they ought to need to, they need to change the route. Uh, late last year two naval ships, the USS Tempest and the USS Typhoon, seized three hundred eighty five kilograms, or you know, for those of you that <laughs> don't know kilograms, (laughs) Uh, 849 pounds of heroin. That was a $4 million bust. So our Navy is on it, baby. Our Navy is on it. And according to Vice Admiral Brad Cooper, this reflects our continued commitment to confront destabilizing activities that disrupt the rules-based international order, which underlies maritime security in the Middle East. So there you have it. Okay. You got it. All right. Good. Those stories along with the two men in the United Kingdom that were sentenced that tried to smuggle drugs in the, into the country in baked beans and coconut milk. (laughs) Uh, One got like six or seven years and another one got like seven or eight years. So they're, you know, together, they got 15 years total, big whoop. But, well, I mean, it's a big whoop if it's not you. <laughs> so apparently they they were in prison for another charge, and then they were arrested for this. So they went down to St. Lucia and, in the Caribbean, and then they mailed themselves these baked beans and coconut milk, which they had put, you know, three kilos of cocaine in. And they got busted for that, so they should not have done that, but they got I, I probably you know if you watched zero 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 yet on Amazon Prime, have you because you really need to whenever I hear these stories and talk about the busts of drugs and weapons and and this i mean this is small time three three kilos and a couple of cans of baked beans and condensed milk. I know, three kilos, that's worth a lot of money. Yeah, but to you and me, it's worth a lot of money. But the Navy has busted, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of drugs. And when you watch zero, 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 you see how it's getting done from the beginning to the end. And it's pretty impressive how it's getting done. I mean, terrible, terrible, because it's horrific that these drugs are on the street. I mean, I can't, I won't have it. All right, I won't have it. And, you know, according to Matthew Webb, the Metropolitan Police Detective Inspector, the miserable effect that drug supply has on our communities is undeniable and inextricably linked to violence within our communities. Both men were willing to take such risk with this offending, thinking that they were beyond the reach of the law and hoping to monetize profits. Instead, they now face hefty prison sentences. I hope this provides them the opportunity to reflect on their behavior and demonstrates that crime doesn't pay. Uh, uh, Metropolitan Police Detective Inspector Matthew Webb, I hope you're right. I hope that they do and are able to reflect on their behavior in prison because that's what you do in prison. You reflect on your behavior. (laughs) Uh, Good luck with that. I mean, that's what El Chapo was doing. When he was in prison, he was reflecting on his behavior. I see a story earlier this week where he had these soldiers uh, killed from prison. So apparently his son was whining that it was cold in the prison he was in. He was in a separate prison than El Chapo. And he got word to his father through what they call... The pipeline, what did they call the pipeline though? It was really funny. A corruption, through intermediaries, a corruption pipeline (laughs) to his dad saying, dad, I'm cold uh, and I don't have any money. Can you send some warm clothes, please? So he got a hold of through El Chapo's corruption pipeline he got a hold of, uh, the right person. Uh, one of the soldiers found the right person and the guard at the prison could get the clothing to his son for a hundred thousand dollars for the favor and no problem. Right? So out of greed, the two soldiers said, yeah, um, we're going to ask El Chapo for 500,000 and I'll cut you in on the deal, but, uh, you know, no problem. We're going to ask for 500,000. And the guard was like, no, thank you uh, no thanks. Uh, I'm not doing that. I know who I'm dealing with. Uh, I can do it for a hundred thousand and that will get it done. So El Chapo paid the 500 grand to get his son, uh, a couple of t-shirts and some thermal underwear. But then he thought, Hey, that's an awful lot of money. That shouldn't have been that much. And so he found out, uh, through the one guy <laughs> that the soldiers had done and, uh, El Chapo had them killed. So that's what he was doing in prison was, uh, reflecting on their behavior, on his behavior. And, uh, when you do that, you, it demonstrates that crime doesn't pay. So there's that. (laughs) I keep going back to the study we started the show with, on the wasted time. Because it talks about how 47% admit that they aren't more productive during these uh, down times, which according to the survey, people find themselves with nothing to do three times a day. And it's usually because of lack of motivation. They just can't help but fall back into classic time wasters like watching TV, browsing the internet, and they just don't know what to do with their free time. And I looked at, uh, who was, you know, who they were interviewing for the story and it's this Claire Evans, who is a time management coach and author of time management for dummies. And of course that when you write a book, time management for dummies, you're an expert. I think I should write a book on time management and it could just be, uh, you know, I, I'm all there for you. All right. Am I, my, I, I could be a time management coach and an author I'd like you to read my new book, uh, Time to Lean, Time to Clean. I was told that long ago, and it's words to live by, and I think that we all should live by those words. As a time management coach and an author of Time to Lean, Time to Clean.